get it, the ball rolling. All right. Yep. Let's pray, Sammy. Dear God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for, for Easter, Father, for dying on the cross for our sins. I pray that for the churches across the world right now, Lord God, just um, going through being at home, I pray, Father, that your spirit would continue to work mightily. And I pray, Father, that we would be open, Father, to whatever you have for us. I thank you for Sammy. I thank you for his love, Lord God, his mentorship, Lord God, his leadership. I pray that you just continue to bless him and bless this conversation, bless this fellowship. Mm. Father, may you just uh, guide and, and lead us. And I pray, Father, just for your joy, uh, your love, just to, to flow out unto others. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right on, Sammy. How have you been, man? I'm good. Oh, as good as can be expected, man. I mean, it's with all with staying at home, just been staying put as much as possible. I mean, yeah. the way things are going, it's like you have to just, you have to live. I mean, um, I mean, we, at our house here, I'm in the confines of what this is called, my bedroom. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I actually call this my bedroom slash office. And uh, this is here where I do, where I do my lessons every every day of the week and nice. Are you doing those yeah. over over the internet also? So yeah, dude. Um, I yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing my online music lessons for the since uh, we started the whole shelter in place kind of deal with the country going like that. Um, I work for I don't know if I ever told you this, but I work for my friend uh, Willie Morales. Yeah, I know. Music lessons. Plug William W. Music lessons. You ever need music lessons? You guys know where to go. It is. He trained me himself, so ah, yes. I'm, a, I'm a supporter. <laughs> yeah, and so I've been doing I've been doing lessons uh, since this whole thing started, and we work with the charter schools, mm. and um, the, the charter schools set up a place now where set it up now where initially it was it was that okay we'll we'll start up with the online lessons here and there, but as you know, government officials just started passing these laws now saying, hey, uh, schools are closed, all that sort of thing. No, no one can meet together. Mm. They, the charter school said, well, you know what? We're going to do the same thing with our, our kids now. You have to go strictly online. So, and it just went all the way across the board up until, up until the end of the school year, actually. So I'll be doing this up until kids let out of school, which is around the summertime. Yeah. How, how is that over the internet? How is it training people over the internet? You know what? Um, it was a transition in the beginning, but I have to say in doing it, this is going to be, I think, our third or fourth week in doing it. Um, I've actually noticed it being pretty simple. It was a little bit of a getting used to in terms of teaching the kids. And my kids, my kids range from anywhere from like six to, I just started with a 15-year-old this, mm -hmm. this, this week. So that's about as, as like the range, age range. Of, of students that I've had, and uh, overall, they've been adjusting really fine, really great. Uh, they, they love it. Uh, the The only downside is that there's no physical interaction, but right. it's only temporary for right now. So we're, we're we're getting by. But overall, we've had a we've had a really blessed time. Yeah. Wow. So, what's your take on everything as far as COVID nineteen? I just want to <laughs> what's your kind of take on it right now with what's going on. Um, with COVID-19, maybe you could even relate that to your ministry right now, how it's affecting. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, let me tell you, it's been um, – because we, we're still doing Golden Springs on a weekly basis. Um, 
and this week has just been crazy with you know it being the end of towards the end of Easter you know we're approaching Easter Sunday mm. and um I have to say and it was funny because I I was I just retweeted a tweet earlier this morning someone friend of mine posted I really miss people and I have to honestly say that I really miss the church yeah I really really do um us in, in, in the worship team and the band, we've adjusted a little bit to people not being there. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, dude, it was a, sh- it was a culture shock mm. to have to lead worship with nobody there. Like, you had to imagine it in your mind. And it was the craziest thing. Um, that's in relation to ministry. I'd say it, 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 for the world as a whole, Honestly, dude, I think people are really taking it some, somewhat to the extreme. Um, it's really, I, I've seen it, people, I've seen people take it to the extreme, but I've also seen where people have really drawn closer to the Lord, myself included, mm-hmm. um, where I've just really noticed my relationship with the Lord has gotten bigger and I've wanted, I've had more of a desire now than ever before. Not to say that I've never had a desire, but there's something to be said when you're taken away from things that you know and you love to do, and all you have is you and Jesus. Mm. And you're there with your Bible, with the time to pray and time to read. And it's like, okay, I can do this now. Whereas before, when we had the hustle and bustle of everyday life, and we can't respond to the Lord in that way. Now we really don't have a choice in the matter. You know, I think God's trying to get a lot of, a lot of people's attention. And if you, I mean, I, like you probably have, I've listened to so many pastors and a lot of them are saying the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. They're saying we need to get back to the Lord. What is the Lord trying to tell us? He's trying to bring us back to him Mm. for one last time. And dude, it is easy to get fearful. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like my family, like when we watch the news all the time and we hear President Trump's daily updates on what's going on. And I have to say, dude, he's doing a really great job in those circumstances. Now, uh, there may not be a lot of people that agree with me out there. I'm sorry, but he, but, but, but you, you got to face it. He is. And he's doing what, what, what can be done. And, and the, the, more, the more people recognize and just follow the rules as, as best as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. We all can't. We all can't stay put. I mean, at some point, we do have to go out and get groceries. We do right. have to go out and take care of our needs that apply to us. I mean, what else are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So I think at the same time, like, we do have to, as Christians, you know, we are called, it says in the Word, to obey your elders. Mm-hmm. Be, be obedient to those that have been put over you. Right. You know, if it says that in the Word, if God commands us, you know, render to Caesar what Caesar's. We have to do that as believers. What better example to show the world than that? And yes, I will agree that restrictions are starting to get a little crazy. But, you know, and and at the same time, we do have to, we do have to respect it, but we also have to respect the Lord because he is, he is ultimately who we worship and who we serve. Right. There is finding that balance, Hmm. finding that balance all the way around. Yeah, did you so, get your mask yet? Yeah. Did you get your mask? Did you drive a mask? Oh, psh, yes, I have two of them, actually. Um, the whole idea of the mask, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I don't really know a lot of people that are, mm-hmm. but you just got to do it. Ultimately, you just have to get it. You just have to be obedient. 
Right. I'm hearing people are getting fined uh, for not wearing it out there. So that's oh yeah, to uh, to be able. To watch yeah, it. I had a friend. I, I had a friend that posted on Instagram. When was it? A couple nights ago, he was saying like, he was like, dude, I just saw like saw like my buddy get 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 ticketed because he didn't have a mask on going into Costco. Wow. And I was like, okay, what? Yeah. This is ridiculous, but no, there should be some supplies or something. Um, gosh, so with, with what have you been learning uh, being now doing worship online with a group of people? How is it leading that group that you're doing right now? You know, um, are you talking about the group that I lead, or they're just the people as a whole? Uh, well, the group. Uh, let's start with the the group that you the the band that you lead. So the band. My my band, I swear, we, we every time we we met this weekend, COVID nineteen has always been the topic of conversation. Yo, we heard this, and then we heard that. Did you hear this? So it's always been something. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has their own opinion, mm-hmm. um, and and I always invite them to open up and express, like when we're meeting in the green room and we're talking about stuff, and we're always just you know we need to let it out. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's one thing that I, I think we, we've all come to the realization of is that God is going to get the glory no matter what. Mm. And we, we, we put it up. We put it up. We, we don't hold back. And, and I told them, I told this to them early on when it was with the church that they were going to actually like close it down. I told them, I go, look, this is going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy, but we still have to represent the people. And we still have to make it as normal as pe- for, for people as much as possible. Um, it's interesting because for Good Friday, um, I went in a little bit, well, Good Friday, I went in a little bit of a different direction. I really, I, I was taking a shower the night before and I was like, okay, Lord, what songs do you want me to do? And as I'm, you know, just in the shower, like just trying to think, 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 I get out of the shower and I'm, in, I'm getting ready for bed. And I felt the Lord telling me like old school. And I was like, what? Old school. What does that mean? Like, but then as I began to put my list together, the Lord was reminding me, like, people need to hear songs, not only that they're familiar with, but songs that bring comfort to them. Mm. Now that can segue to a whole other different thing, but I, I this weekend really felt led to sing songs that would be familiar to people. And that would bring some sort of ease and comfort to them. Because if there's one thing that I've noticed in just in looking at the different Instagram stories of people that have been posting on watching church, not just, not just for Golden Springs in particular, but as a lot of Calvary's, is that they're worshiping at home. And mm-hmm. that God is God's word and his glory and us giving him adoration is not limited to the four walls of the chapel. Mm. it's it's a big circle right and he's gonna go he's his his worship is gonna expand expand beyond boundaries and if there's one thing that i told i told my band and my singers and they all came together and we and we we've been praying on this and the lord has really blessed it is that we're going to worship no matter what mm. and we came together at the table and that's what we've just decided to do. And we said, until this thing passes, and even beyond, after it passes, we're going to continue praising God in that way. 
Hey man, that's so true. I think right now it's, it could be disheartening right now when things are changed, when you have a lot of comforts taken away, yep. when it's not as flexible, you're very constricted. We can easily for even myself, I, I, I feel like you want to quit. Sometimes you feel like, gosh, I, it, you think it's going to be maybe easier, but it's not, it's, it's still mm-hmm. a lot of work. You're doing yeah. hours, you're pouring hours out and mm-hmm. it could be easily you know what like where are the people that you could get dismayed where then we don't see them there we could be mm-hmm. discouraged i personally have been missing uh just teaching in front of people uh, mm-hmm. I, I miss seeing uh people respond in person to the holy spirit i have yes. to trust the lord over a yes. camera <laughs> i yes. have to trust the lord you know what uh god you are ministering to people through technology right now and just because you don't see it and it, it reminds me that Jesus told Thomas, blessed are those who see without believing. And I think that's true for us right now. And yet they believe, yet they believe. Mm, yep. yep. It's very uh, true. Very, very true. Now, what, what about the effect of, um, gosh, what, ha, so what has else has God been showing you as far as now, maybe not so much with your, your core group, um, but what it means to be a worship leader in this time I think what, I shouldn't say I think, but if there's one thing I think that God has shown me personally on a, on a spiritual level, just in leading worship with, with not only my band and singers, but being able to share online the gift of music, I think it's twofold. One is consistency. And the other is a desire for people to still have that ability to sing out and to praise God in their surroundings. If there is one other thing that I've seen just in looking at different people's stories and as a whole, like on on TV, you know, like everybody else, I do watch TV and like and see what's going on in the world is that people aren't afraid people aren't, aren't afraid mm. they are not afraid there 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 is there is this desire for people to the christians the believers to want to see god work in a, in, a, in a different way and that that no lack of being with the congregation no lack of fellowship um is going to stop people from getting into the word and praying mm and seeking the Lord's direction and the Lord's guidance. Um, in my own personal life, I, I get such a joy out of seeing on social media what people are doing and, what pe- and how people are praising God and that it's not stopping anybody. Um, it's encouraged me, mm. honestly, to do that more. I've had more of a desire to to not only listen to my own worship music, like the different artists that listen to, but be able to sing songs on my own. And even to spread it into what I do also, not only leading worship, but in like my work and like teaching kids, like teaching them like worship songs. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the songs that's been, that a lot of the, the kids have been wanting to play and to sing is Goodness of God. Mm. And all my life, you've been faithful. All of my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will, I will 
signal to the goodness of God. And I always tell the people, and I, and I, it's actually also, it's also been something where I felt a boldness to want to share. And I was never this way growing up as a worship leader. Like I was always the one that kind of was told no, what the preachers preach and the singers sing. Like that's what you do. But in this day and time, I felt more of a boldness to share a little bit to people because I think people need that. Mm. Um, that because like, like you were saying, there, there is this, there is this fear, there is this uncertainty in the world. And the more people, the, the more leaders take a stand and they encourage and give people hope that, Hey, we're going to get through this. It's going to pass. It, all things, all, all things do, do pass. And the more, the more leaders like myself or pastors take that initiative, you know, like yourself, like you take the initiative to teach your people and to, to encourage them and give them um, an assurance that, Hey, God's with you. He's provided for you this far. He's, he's been good to you. He's been faithful. He's going to continue to be faithful as long as we continue to seek him and to serve him. And honestly, that's been for me, what has been, has been transpiring in my own life. And I've, been wanting it to be an outpouring mm. to the people that you know were able to reach online yeah. and honestly that's been something that i've been seeking for myself within the last i think it's been three or four weeks now it feels like it's been an eternity but it's maybe yeah. only it's been less than that but yeah, yeah. That, that ministers to me so much right now i, I think exactly what you were saying it we need to hear that hope. We need to hear the hope that God has a plan in all of this. We need to know, yeah. be reminded, even as yeah. the, the greatest Christian leaders that are out there, they still need hope. I think we all are, as a church, growing right now and, and, and digging in. Um, you talk about uh, your upbringing and ministry a little bit, what you've been taught. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't really know too much about your upbringing and ministry. <laughs> So uh, I, I just have seen you, gosh, I remember seeing you my, when I first started to kind of recognize you was you were playing uh, guitar um, as backup though, not even singing, just backup guitar. On stage. And that was when I started to notice you. Uh, and then you just, I remember just blossom blew up as all of a sudden mm -hmm. you came out as this leader and someone, uh, me and a lot of other young worship people looked up to. So how, how did that all begin? Maybe if you want to take us back to Sammy's uh, childhood days. Oh, gosh. Uh, so when I started, well, um, gosh, when I started leading, okay. Well, I guess I have to take that back to when I was first a kid uh, at Calvary West Covina. So um, those of you out there listening who don't know, Calvary Chapel was actually not, it wasn't always in Diamond Bar. It was in, in the city of West Covina. It was known as Calvary Chapel, West Covina. That's actually where the church started to grow um, under, under Pastor Rall. Um, of course, if you want to listen to his whole testimony, like Fury of Freedom is like one of the best books out there for that. Mm -hmm. And he dictates how he started up and how the church grew from there. But um, I started... Uh, I started singing when I was five years old, five, six years old. I was in the kids' choir back then at that time. My parents had, uh, my parents had started going there in 1986. I was only four at the time. Uh, my sisters had just been born. They were like a year old at the time. And uh, we were just family, like, you know, church. My parents had just gotten saved. Um, 
so there there was that growing up and and i had so most of what i know is in the church that's what a lot of my upbringing um going to church sunday morning going to church sunday night go to church wednesday night like and, and that was our weekly thing and mm-hmm. that's all i really knew so when i did kids choir in west Covina, that's that's my earliest part of um i guess leading worship quote unquote if you will i've always been attracted to music i've always loved music some of my earliest memories of music are being in the car with my mom listening to coast 103.5 or uh, k earth when back then when k earth was just they play oldies they played the music of the day in the 80s mm-hmm. so um that's my earliest memories of listening to the radio i always had music on um, my mom always talks about a pic uh, the picture in her mind that she had of me listening to records <laughs> the finals records and reading book that was my two biggest things. how old are you saying yeah i loved and I, I love doing that um so that's that, that that's my beginning and then uh as far as worship goes i started singing when i was at that age and i continued in kids choir for for many years up until i was about i want to say at least 10 10 11 years old um by that time Pastor Bob was looking for the, a bigger building. And that's when you hear the whole story about how when they were looking for a building, they found the building in Diamond Bar, which is where they're at today. Mm-hmm. Um, my earliest memories of there were where, when it was just a warehouse. And I can remember going, um, I can remember going in and looking at the sanctuary and it was bare, it was all bare floor. They didn't have anything in it. And there was no stage, like you had to, everything had to be built. And it was just this big, and I remember being like a little kid and just be going, whoa like wow this place is humongous mm-hmm. and um uh we had kids choir there at the time and um i was under dave well i was under uh, Teresa cook she was my earliest choir director so a lot of my singing goes back to her you know Teresa, if you're listening out there thank you um and also dave messenger dave messenger if you've ever heard his songs mm-hmm. a lot of his songs for me are gems this is what i grew up with Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of times, uh, uh, it's different now with the youth because the youth kind of had their own worship songs. When I was growing up, we all sang what the people were singing inside the church. Wow. We had our kids, we had our kids songs like "Father Abraham" or "Take My Yoke and Learn of Me" or "Blind Man Stood on the Road," but we always sang the songs that were sung there, like "Open Unto Me the Gates of Righteousness." Like a lot of those songs for me were sung in the classrooms. Gotcha. So growing up, I had, I, that's how I had started and uh, uh, did kids choir all the way up even into when we moved to Diamond Bar. And then when the church was outdoors, that if you've ever heard the story of the church being outdoors, uh, we had to have services because they wouldn't let us in yet. Nothing was being built. So our classrooms were in the back of the building mm. and the stage was set up for all the people in the front. And so um, I'll never forget this. It was in 1992. I was 10 years old and I was sitting at that particular it was a Sunday night I think I was sitting with my parents and um, Pastor Wall was giving the study and Dennis I'll never forget Daryl Mansfield he was an old fashioned bluesy guitar player worship leader he was doing the worship and there was an altar call given and I felt the urge like I got to do this Hmm. you know and I've been taught that when you go up accept the Lord, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know, you got to understand it because if you're too young, then it may not make sense to you. So they always told us, 
you know, when you accept Jesus, do you know what you're doing? You're committing your life to the Lord. You're giving your life into his hands. And I was sitting with my parents and I felt the urge to do it. And it was one of those where Raul always says, anybody else, anybody else? And I remember I got up and I went up and accepted the Lord. Wow. And I was 10 years old at the time. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget. They took us off to the side and, they, and I was the youngest in the group. So I felt like really under, because all these people were adults and I was like the little kid. And remember the counselor was like, do you understand what you're doing, Sammy? And he knew who I was, was weird. And he's like, you understand what you're doing? And I said, yes, I do. And I got my Bible and, you know, you start reading the book of John, John and you go through it and then you read the Old Testament or the New Testament. And, and that's what I did. Um, so my life from there, I really didn't do a whole lot of worship, quote unquote, as it were, up until I, they started building inside. And then um, uh, Dave Messenger was not the leader at the time. It was, it was an interim of different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim and Patty Hamilton, uh, Eric Garcia, a lot of these different guys that, that came up. And these were people I looked to growing up. You, you, you know, I, I looked to these people growing up. And then um, we used to have our services at Citrus College Stadium. So a lot of my memories for Easter around this time were getting up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning to go to sunrise service at 6 a.m. in the freezing cold. And I have a lot of memories of me and my sister, my two younger sisters going with my mom and going up to the bleachers and wiping down all the bleachers because it would be wet and stuff. And, yeah. and it, we used to, I used to sit there and listen to the choir sound check. And I remember, I still remember this dude. It's so crazy. I remember this to this day because I was only like 11, 12 years old. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to do that one day. Wow. I'm be in the choir. And that was my goal. Like I, I, I didn't have any really big aspirations of leading. I just wanted to sing in the choir. I loved harmony. Like I just, I, I got it. It clicked to me. Mm. And um, my dad had been, huh? So you taught me harmony. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember those days. Those were fun days, dude. Those were fun, fun days. And um, I, my backtrack a little bit, my dad, had, my dad had been serving in ministry, and that's how I kind of got my niche, so seeing, seeing my dad serve. My dad was always there. He, he would serve. Um, uh, he used to do tapes, so cassette tapes. For those of you who don't know what cassette tapes were, that was how pa- people used to get pastoral studies way before CDs and MP3s. So you, he would take tapes down to the bookstore, cassettes, and people would buy them. And uh, my dad worked in duplication. He did that in West Covina and even transitioned to Diamond Bar because he was good friends with Pastor Roland Dale. He had gone to high school with them in Baldwin Park. Mm-hmm. And so he knew them and, you know, they were like, would you like to serve? And my dad's like, yeah. So my dad always had to go. And when he went, we followed. So that, that idea of ministry was instilled in me from what I saw my parents be. Like my mom was like, okay, your dad's in ministry. We got to make sure we go with him. And that's how we grew up. Um, so a lot of my memories were, were of that. And, you know, in Diamond Bar, I, I, had, I had sang a little bit, uh, uh, done a couple things like, you know, going to, high, going to school from, on school, sorry, going from classroom to classroom and singing for the little kids. And I was 14, 15 years old. And, um, about this time, I started taking guitar lessons for the first time. It was in junior high. I took uh, guitar lessons from a guy by the name of Mark. Mark Arvizu was my first guitar teacher. So Mark, I owe everything to you. Um, Mark was one of the best guitar teachers I've ever had. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff from him. And uh, he used to play in the praise band. 
So I learned a lot of how to play chords and theory. And um, I just heard a lot of tones. And I really didn't know what that meant about having pitch, perfect pitch. But he told me, yeah, did you have perfect pitch? Because I could name a, a, a key on the guitar or a note on the guitar and know what that was. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I did. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really know, you know. I, I, just, you. I, just equated it, I just equated it to music. Yeah. You know. And so I, I wasn't singing a whole lot, you know, because by this time I was grown up and I was out of the whole kids choir phase. So, you know, I would use my, my guitar skills and whatnot and what have you. And um, like I said, did it for the kids church, go to classroom to classroom, helped out every now and then. It really wasn't that big of a deal. Got into high school mm. under Scott Salamat, who was my high school pastor. And Scott was, I looked up to Scott so much, still do to this day one of the best teachers out there. He, he, he's just as funny. He was just as funny then as, as he is now. Yep. Like he always equated humor to this, to the way he taught. And, um, uh, we used to have my, uh, studies on Monday nights called separate identity. And that was where we, uh, we would go to church. That was our church. Okay. We are a separate study and I, and, and I would go, um, by this time I was, I had a fascination for like technical stuff. So I would serve it. I served sound. I used to help out with the sound crew and set up mics and stuff like that. And, and I'd sit and listen to worship and stuff like that and, and uh, listen to the study. It was fun. And uh, one particular Monday night, the worship leader for the high school group couldn't make it. And I was sitting in the sound booth and I think it was Scott that came up to me and said, he goes, Sammy, would you be able to, to do worship? And I said, what are you serious i'm like he's like yeah yeah yeah. mike uh, mike chong can't make it so go ahead and, and you know do it and i said oh, okay um and i i had a guitar right and i brought a guitar i could i brought a guitar i don't remember how i how or why i brought a guitar but i did mm -hmm. and i'll never forget like i went to lead worship and i didn't i hadn't played i by this time i hadn't really take lessons anymore so I, I played it, but not practiced a whole lot. And I'll never forget this. I went up to the front of the stage and I played and it was, I didn't have a pickup in my guitar. So it was one of those where you had to put the mic in front. Oh yeah. And I went, da, 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 da. And I think I sang Lord, I lift your name on high or something. Nice. <laughs> and I did it like that. And I did it with the, with the crew. And, um, I was like, okay, I guess I'm, I, I, I just sang the song. I did it for the whole study. And then Scott came up and did it. By this time, Mike Chan, who was the youth worship leader, he had come back, he had come from wherever he was at. And, and, and I was like, okay, I, I led. So I don't, you know, you, you could, you could take over. It's fine. He's like, no, no, you help me. And I came back up and I just played. And he's like, he goes, he goes, I'll sing and, and you play with like the other girls. And I said, okay. So I just played the guitar. <laughs> it was funny and that actually kind of segues and he segued into me leading worship for high school so i used to do it sunday mornings and i did a couple times monday nights and um fast forward to uh when i was 16 uh, around that time period maybe a year or so later there was an audition for the adult choir and it was at the church and norman craver was the choir director at the time and 
And I took a shot at it and I told my mom, like, I'd like to go try out. What, what could it hurt? And I said, okay. So I went and I, um, and I went and auditioned for him. And one of the songs he had me sing was Holy, Holy, Holy. It was Holy, Holy, Holy. And holy, 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 Holy is the Lord God Almighty. It was one of the songs that they, the worship team would sing. And I sang it for him. And um, I was remember extremely nervous because this was Norman. Like Norman was the dude. Yeah. You, you remember Norman. He yeah. was like the guy. You never wanted, like he was the ultimate singer at the time. And um, he's like, okay, do you know harmony? And I go, mm, no, but I said, I'm willing to learn. I, I could learn it. And so he, would, he taught me the harmony. Mm. And I sang the harmony to the song. And then he sang, he goes, now see if you can hold it while I sing the melody. And I said, sure. And I sang it without a hitch. He's like, okay, thank you, Sammy. Appreciate that. We'll call you. And, and like, don't call us. We'll call you kind of a deal. And I'm like, okay, great. And I, I, I was, I was semi-confident a little bit. And I wasn't, I wasn't overly confident, but I wasn't, I was, just, I was like, great. I sucked. Mm-hmm. I went home and within the next couple, had to have been two days later, I get a call from him saying, Sam, we'd like you to join the adult choir. This, uh, we, uh, you, you've made it in and we're really happy to have you. So come to rehearsal. We have rehearsals on Thursdays. And, and I said, okay, thank you, Norman. Appreciate that. Hung up the phone. I jumped in the air, dude. <laughs> I, I thought I had won a million dollars. Wow. No joke. I was the happiest man in the world. I still remember that feeling to this day. Mm-hmm. And that was over 20 years ago. Wow. I'm in my 30s now. That's your big break right there. That was, yes. <laughs> I was 16. The youngest, wow. the, the youngest in the choir at the time. Hmm. And history took off there. Um, one other story then, and then that's this, this story actually sets the tone. Um, the worship lead, because Norman was the music director, mm-hmm. and we had a worship leader by the name of Jerry Garcia. Very uh, awesome dude. Um, I, by this time, I had already been doing worship with the high school, so I was doing double. I was doing, uh, I was, I would do choir on Sundays, which meant once a month. And when I wasn't doing that, I was doing worship for the high school on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So by this time, I had been doing it quite frequently, and I had developed a report of songs. I practiced my guitar. I got to set singers in, and so by this time, I was already starting to train myself on harmony, and also recognize other girls that I had grown up with. And we did harmony too. So it was a nice blend. Um, Jerry Garcia approached, I believe it was either Scott or somebody. I'm probably, I'm probably going to ask this story. So whoever's listening, forgive me. But this is how I remember it. Um, Jerry Garcia wanted the youth represented to the church. So he wanted a vocal team to come and lead for the worship of the church. And he's like, Sammy, would you be able to lead, to kind of lead this with, with two other girls that you already lead with? And I said, sure. And um, it was just us. So we did, we would do the worship on Wednesday nights and it was me, another friend of mine named Jackie, another really good friend of mine named Jessica. And we just were, we just kind of clicked and we kind of all did, like I did tenor, one of the girls sang alto and the other one sang soprano and we just kind of clicked it off from there. And that started my worship leading experience. And then worship leader changed out. Um, Willie Morales was the worship leader then at the time he kind of got elevated, he was playing the praise band. He got elevated up and he uh, took the reins and he's like, dude, 
he approached me. He's like, let's, let, let, let's bring this up to bed. He goes, I know you can play guitar. So I'm like, are you sure about this? He goes, yeah, you play next to me. I'll play lead. And then you, you just play rhythm bit backup. Okay. And one thing led to another. And then one Sunday he threw me in the deep end and said, here, I want you to just play and lead. Mm. And I'll back you up and then I'll have the singer singing. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of my worship leading experience I owe to those, well, three guys. I, I count Dave Messenger in there, but Dave Messenger because he gave me a shot, you know, and singing solos in choir when I was in kids' choir, you know, and Teresa too. And then Norman, who kind of was my mentor in terms of choir, and then Willie, who was my a mentor in worship leading. So uh-huh. a lot of people kind of poured into me, and I, I, I took the reins as it That's were. who you got it from, because I, I do recall one time uh, when I was uh, very young in my my singing career, you just throwing me out there one time and be like, oh, you're going to leave a good father. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I still remember that, dude. I still remember uh, that. Oh my yeah. gosh. I still remember that. That was a, that, that was, was a Sunday morning. I remember that too. It was a defining moment. <laughs> yes. So that's, sorry, that was the long version. I have never told that long story in like, I, gosh, actually, this is my first time ever having an interview. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've uh, never actually told that full story in, in detail. So my apologies for those of you who are bored. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool to see the the progression of how God was just preparing yeah. you for all that. Every every step of the way, it's leading yeah. to something else. It's God is preparing you for the next step and the next yeah. phase. What along the road? What were some of the the major? I would say pitfalls that you might want to warn other people about things that you learned along the way that you could tell a a leader like hey like what would you give advice to somebody right now stepping into leadership as a worship leader oh gosh do we have enough tape for this don't (laughs) Don't worry i'm I'm, I'm gonna try not to go write a you're gonna have to write a book sammy (laughs) um i've learned so much um Seriously, I have uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's never been, I, I shouldn't say it's never been, but it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting road. Um, I have to say the number one thing that I would caution anybody is to never think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Mm. Really, truly because God has ways of bringing you down like this, like all the way down. You have to be very, very careful of that. Um, growing, growing up for me, I, I never really thought much of myself in terms of uh, who I am because I know I'm nothing in, in God's sight that he would bring someone a weirdo, an idiot like me, <laughs> up and to do things that I've been able to do, like it's just so mind-blowing and so humbling. It really truly is. Um, but at the same time, I, I thank the Lord for it. I really do. You, 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 you can't think of yourself up there. I know I have, and the Lord has brought me back down to earth and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Sammy, you can't, <laughs> you do not want to go there. Like, let's, let's just bring you down right now. <laughs> and um, it was, it was really, really 
evident to me for that when I did School of Worship. Um, when I was in back in 2003, I enrolled in School of Worship for Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. This was, Chuck was alive and well by, by this time, Pastor Chuck. And it was headed up by uh, Holland Davis, who was another, he, unbeknownst, but he was a great, a good mentor of mine in that field because he, 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 brought, he brought a level of understanding for worship to me that I had not had before. Um, he really brought the spiritualness and the dedication to the Lord aspect mm. to the worship leading. Not to say that I didn't have that before in other worship leaders. I've always had that. Um, but in, in, in doing it at Golden Springs, it was that I, I had that, the spiritual side, but I also had the practical, uh, the, 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 the practical side that I had to dedicate the time to get the craft down, dedicate the time to learning parts for vocals, dedicating the time to learn guitar. So that was there. And it was like, well, you, you, you serve Jesus, you worship Jesus. But when I went to school of worship, like Holland was just like, let's just worship the Lord. Let's just sing out to him. And let's really do things like, like for Jesus. While I was learning that from him, I was around other worship leaders that I hadn't been around before. And you have to understand for me, growing up at, at Golden Springs, Golden Springs was really all I ever knew. So when I got to there, when I got to school of worship, I was exposed to other people that had been brought up in different kinds of schooling, you know, different kinds of churches. And um, some of them I still kept in contact to this day, oddly enough. And I thank God for that. Um, but getting out of there, like I was exposed to like people like Scott Cunningham, who at the time for me was like, ooh, Scott Cunningham, he was coming up mm -hmm. in worship generation. He was the guy everybody looked to. Mm -hmm. Everybody at my age group was looking to. Him and, and a guy by the name of Joseph Tata, who one of the most lovable like guys you'd ever meet. Like he's just, he's just awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to this day, I, I still talk to him. And um, these two were the guys that we looked up to. We wanted to be like, and if you could sound and be like Scott Cunningham or like Joseph Tata, like you were it, like you could do it, hmm. you know? And, um, and I'll never forget like being in the class with Scott Cunningham, like he's, cause he taught us like, um, he would teach us two classes. One of them would be like a Bible class and another one was like acoustic guitar and like learning the caged method. And we, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is awesome. I'm gonna like Scott Cunningham and stuff like that. Like great, like wow. And like I would take it back to Golden Springs and like, hey, let's let's do this, let's try this. And it was a little bit kind of it was very interesting because Golden Springs we had our way, but Calvary goes to Mesa, they were like Calvary goes to Mesa. Mm -hmm. And um we did it for a year and I some of the best memories of worship I ever had were were were, were there. And I took my first voice class, which I had never taken before. Um, I had taken one at Mount Sac years, like uh, a year or so before when I had gotten into college and stuff like that. But, and that was more like a, a formal training method, but this was more for worship leading at School of Worship. And the, and the lady that I met, I still take a lot of what she learned, taught, taught us, and I apply it to what I do now. And um, I remember coming out of there after I graduated and led worship like i remember i don't know what it was but i felt like i've arrived mm. i'm like a good worship leader now so what i learned is that 
and no one else could tell me otherwise. And that was how I had behaved a little bit I, at, at a point. And um, <laughs> it was made evident to me by one of my best friends who happened to be in worship team with me. He goes, dude, like, like the Lord used him mm-hmm. to bring me back down. He goes, he goes, you, you, you were telling me like this, this, that, that. And I just, yeah, it was, it was one of those times where I, I look back now and I'm like, thank you, Lord, for allowing him to tell me that. Mm. So, um, and from, and, and from then on out, like I, I, I really made it a point to know I need to remain humble and, and have humility. Like it can't, I can't think I've ever arrived. And the Lord did something different in me once I came to that realization. It took a while. It took some years. But God eventually brought me back down and said, you know what, Sammy, like, you can't think you're all that in bag of chips because you're not. Nobody is. Nobody is. And, and it's funny because I've seen other worship leaders in that mindset nowadays. And it's like, these people got to be careful, man. They yeah. got really, really be careful. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's harder now because social media totally makes everybody out to think that they are all that. Mm. You know, I'll never forget when Facebook came out. Facebook was like a milestone. Like if you weren't posting on Facebook, you weren't a person, <laughs> you know? Same with, I mean, Twitter has, Twitter, I can also say, has been one of those that, where it's been like people just post stuff in there. But Instagram has, has now taken that seat. And are you posting on Instagram? Are you, you don't? Yeah, well, yeah. very little personal stuff, mostly yeah. uh, ministry, church stuff. Um, the personal mm-hmm. stuff is kind of very minimal. Yeah, so I have to say that that's been the one, the number one thing um, uh, amongst others. Um, you just really, you just gotta always be you gotta always be careful man you always gotta be in the mindset of that hey i'm doing this for god and no one else i mean i shouldn't say that i i i take that back you 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 do it for the lord yes we worship and praise god we were made to worship him but we also do it for the people yeah the people need to be ministered to and that's that's something that pastor rawls always told us as as like when i was on staff like you, we, we are here to aid those and nurture those who are lost, who are not, who are not walking right, who are not seeking the Lord like they should. If you can give them that hope mm. and be that vessel that the Lord can use to minister to them, then that's what you're supposed to do. And that should be the calling of every worship leader. That should be the calling of every pastor. You know, I, I, see it, I see it in you, dude. I love seeing how the Lord has used you to really minister to people and has given you that heart to pour into those through the word. You know, I mean, you, you were doing it great, like with worship. Like I remember seeing your heart, like even doing it when we were doing it together and to see that now in you has just been so much of a blessing to see, for, for me to see. Yeah, no, dude, I could honestly, yeah, I mean, that, that blesses my heart. And to sadly see that with some worship leaders who are doing it for the show and doing it for getting a, a name out there, what's that going to benefit you in the kingdom? Right. Honestly. I think that's the, one of the dangers right now is the, the idea of being able to use ministry to become a celebrity. 
Yeah. Um, we see it across the board from yeah. musicians to uh, people on social media and ministry and, and pastors too. One of the, the biggest lessons as you were saying is uh, putting God first and then the people and putting yourself last. And that's one of the hardest things to do, I think, for, for everyone is because we care so much about ourselves and we do care a lot about what other people think and how it just culminates and affects us. So exactly what you're saying, die to self and allow yeah. God to, to get the glory in all of it. And that's what worship is. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious if you were to describe worship to somebody who, let's say they, they just got saved. Let's say they, they haven't stepped foot in the church before. They're, they see people uh, doing music and singing these praises. How would you describe what worship is to somebody who's new to worship? Well, what I would say is that worship is an outward expression and an outpouring of your daily life in the Lord, mm. um, just done in, in various forms. You know, I've heard it said from, I don't even remember what pastor this was that said this, but there have been uh, past, well, pastors, I would say a lot of pastors have said this, where it's not limited to just music. So many times we get in this concept and mindset that worship is all about music, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all, that's, when you've worshipped, you worshipped in music. That's not the case. When we study the word, when we're praying, when we're doing something in our daily life and saying, Lord, I give this to you, take it and use it for your glory. That's worship. Mm. You know, pastors who study the word and who are preparing themselves in the word for what they're about to teach. That's worship. Mm. What I do in, for, for, for music, what any worship leader does in music, whether in a small group home Bible study for the youth, for um, congregation of five to 50 to 500 to 5,000, like that's worship. So to put, to narrow it down in a box and say, Oh, this is all the worship is. It's, it's so much more than that. You know, I often, I often pray this whenever um, I I lead in, in closing because I believe it to be true. I always say, I often say, Lord, as we worship, as we have praised you and given you thanks in song, help us as we worship you by studying your word. May you be glorified in all that we do. Because I, because I really want the people to be that way, to have that mindset. Okay, I'm paying attention now to the word. I'm giving of myself to Jesus by looking into his word and gleaning from his word so that I can get understanding of it and then praise him some more. Because you can't give glory to God if you don't know how to. And I believe the, the Lord gives us that direction in his word to do that. Perfect case in point would be the book of Psalms and seeing David, David's example and all the other psalm writers' example, Asaph's example. You know, I'm reminded of Psalm, 70, psalm 73 when he didn't understand why these things happened. Why the, why the wicked prospered until he came what 
into the sanctuary of the Lord. And then he understood. He had to come before the Lord and understand. He didn't understand before. So because, because he came into the sanctuary of God and then he understood their end, he was able to give God glory. Thank you for giving me that understanding mm. of why I know what I know now. So, yeah, in a very roundabout way, that's a very roundabout answer, but a very specific way, that is what I would tell a person. Like, it's our outward expression of giving back to God what he's given us. He's given us his son. He's given us love, not only for ourselves, but love for one another. And, you know, people that are just coming into knowing Christ, they haven't fully developed that. They have to, they have to be able to read the word first. They have to be able to understand the word, you know, before they can truly understand. Because to them, it's just going to be songs. It's just going to be sending you listen to music. And I'm, that's not narrowing God. I, I don't mean to narrow God in the box like that, forgive me, Jesus. But because the Lord can do anything. Yeah. I, I've seen it. I've seen where, where people have come into the church and they may, they, they may know the Lord, but they may not have a steady walk, but a song could just minister to them and boom. And they're like, wow, I totally got God blessed with that. And now I can receive the word better that way. Yeah, I think worship is, is vital in the believer's life. I would encourage anyone to, when you're beginning, especially when you're beginning your walk, when you're beginning to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, it's the kind of part of the, the process is you, you read your Bible, you hear from the Lord, you pray, you, and you allow God to respond in that, and you ask God those prayers, but you also include worship as part of your life. Not as you were saying, it's not just music. It's also part of the lifestyle where you're responding to the goodness of God in your own life. And one of the best ways to do that is to literally put on music that is singing and talking about yes. what Jesus has done. And yes. there's a lot of, I think, great worship music out there. I think yes. it's looking to continuing to get, yeah. um, songs that are theologically accurate and just so heartwarming and, um, that's also something to maybe kind of touch base on is do you think that and I have to be careful how I word this question. <laughs> Just me. I've heard other people. Yeah. yeah. I've heard a lot of discussions <laughs> on this too. Do you, do you think that there are some uh, dangers? Uh, I'll, I'll use it, phrase it like this dangers mm -hmm. of focusing just on uh, the music aspect of it, of worship, of, of just kind of, going let's say somebody's just listening to worship music as like their their walk and they're like oh i'm christian and that they're really or just even a church emphasizing greatly on mostly worship okay so i i've had this discussion with some band members um as of late uh in terms of the different styles of worship. And I'm, hope, I'm hoping I'm gonna answer this question right. So if I don't, please forgive me and I can totally answer it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have heard, I, I, I've heard it said that you have to be very careful what you're, the, 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 the danger of worship leaders is putting too much emphasis on the music and not enough on the spiritual aspect. Mm. Um, and I hope this answers the question right. Because if there's anything that I've talked with my band about is just the idea of the fact that there isn't a lot of 
spiritualness, as it were, quote unquote, in some of the songs. What do I mean by that? Well, you 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 get songs like, let's see, and this is where I got to be careful now too, because it's hard. It's really hard to it's because it, you're 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 going you're walking a very fine line in yeah. offending people, and you don't want to offend people. Mm-hmm. And I love I love. I love a lot of the songs out there, but there are some songs for me that I can't, there are some songs that I cannot personally not get ministered to, but that I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I hope I don't offend people by saying this, but the song Surrounded, love the song. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because they say this is how, how this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. How, how are you fighting your battles? Mm-hmm. Like I know we can't be literal, and with with spiritual songs, we have to be very careful. Uh-huh. But how? And they're like explain yourselves in this song. If there's if there's one thing I've learned with with leading worship in the years that I've done it, is that the songs that 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 we've done, they all make sense to people. And they all minister to people in, in such a way it's like, okay, I can sing this song in my daily walk with the Lord. Or if I'm just going about my day mm. and I could just sing the song, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath I take, every moment that I'm awake, Lord, have your way with me. Like mm. stuff like that. Um, I, there have been times, and that's been another mistake that I've made, is doing songs that I think the people are going to love, and it, it just doesn't, just doesn't re- receive with them. Mm-hmm. And I think it all comes back to, again, the people. You have, to, you have to be able to sing songs to people that they're going to understand, that they're going to take and sing on their, when they're walking the dog or when they're going to the market to go buy the necessities that they need for their daily lives. You know, you need to be able to sing, song, to sing songs like that. And the danger with worship leaders in writing music is that they want to be saying, God, you're just so magnificent. The stars come down and they like bow at the knee and worship you. Those are great songs. I love that people can be expressive like that, but how is that going to minister to the, to the construction worker that's coming into church that has been working a nine to five job on Wednesday night and he just wants to hear some music that's going to minister to his soul. Mm. I mean, I've had that happen. I had a person one time on a Wednesday night, uh, I was a lady and she had, I, I forget what, what song was it that I did? I think it was a song. I think as simple as I love you, Lord. And she, I think she was a nurse. She was a nurse of some kind mm-hmm. and she came up to me afterwards and she's like, Sammy, I have to tell you, I loved that song. Like I've had such a hard week and I've been dealing with my, my boss who's the overseer of our hospital and he's just been on me and I just have been needing some, some good, some just simple worship just to calm my soul. And you singing that song really, really missed. And I said, which song was it? And and it was, and I think it was, I love you, Lord. And I did it once. And this was many, many years ago. And, and, she, and she said, thank you for doing that. Because I really needed that. And I go, you're welcome. You're, you're very, very welcome. I'm glad the Lord blessed you. And I could tell you, dude, before the Lord, I, have, I walked away, not feeling cocky or anything like, oh, the, dude, 
look at the songs I picked. No, I felt, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you use something so simple. Mm. And it further proved like a point that I was trying to make within myself, like, because I think I had a discussion not too, not too far from that point in time where people were like, you got to do new songs. You got to do new songs. You got to do this latest and greatest hit by Hillsong. You got to do this song by, I think Bethel was just starting to become popular at the time. And I said, okay, okay, okay. But I did something as simple as I love you, Lord. And a lady who had worked her daily life was blessed by it. Mm. How much more of an example do you need yeah. for that? Does that make sense? So that, 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 that showed me. And that from that point on, I made it a point to do something simple for the congregation. Yes, we can sing songs like One Thing Remains. I love that song. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. Or Defender, hallelujah, you have saved me so much, you know, in every way that, that you do. When I thought I lost me, you know where I left me. Like those songs, I love that song. Mm. And but something to say something as simple as that spirit of the living God fall afresh on me, mm. melt me, mold me, fill me, and use me. Basic song. It was a song that came out, I think, what in the 30s or 40s. Oh, wow! I, I mean, I'm probably wrong, hoping not butchering the year, but that song is timeless and it still rings true. So I think that's the hope that going back to your question, I think the, the danger is that we, 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 we delve too far into a vastness where God wants us, yes, God is to be worshiped in this way, but if you can bring it back to its simplest form, that can bless the body of Christ just as much as singing, God mm. of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, you are holy, you know? Or your love is deep, your love is kind, and I'm furious with your love. You know, um, there, there's the whole, and I, I'm going to go on a tangent, so forgive me, but there's the whole idea of reckless love. I mean, we, we already had that uh -oh. debate uh -oh. on that song. Uh -oh. I mean, everybody has, their, everybody has their opinion. I've read every single opinion under the sun. Uh -huh. me, the, my, my sisters and I, like, we, <laughs> we, we've had this, our own discussions on it. But ultimately, you yeah. sing songs that, that can benefit the people. If it's going to bless somebody, it's going to bless somebody. I mean, if, if it doesn't, then I guess you just don't do it. But you gotta, you got to be as simple as you can while still maintaining your own integrity as a, as a musician, musician. But ultimately, simplest, simplicity is probably the, the best thing for Right. I, one one of my two of my favorite things about worship. Oh, something back. Yeah, it goes away. There we go. Uh, two of my favorite types of worship are going to be number one, when it's really focused on God rather than on the person, and the second oh, yeah. one is going to be when it's taken directly out of the Bible. When you could be like, oh, that's a Psalm, Psalm rather than Bible. Those have always been, mm -hmm. been um, songs that highlight it. I'm getting some audio interference. Hold on one second. Let's see this. This cable's messing me up. It might have been. Cool. Um, so those are my favorite types of songs. I think even in, in writing songs, I've specifically tried to just focus on who God is, talk about his attributes, and um, 
uh, I, I remember hearing you one time playing a psalm, uh, Psalm 8. That was one of your songs that you got to play <laughs> for the whole congregation. And that was such an awesome song. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. It's going yeah. to back to the basics of remembering that worship is to be adoring Jesus and adoring God, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, focusing on Him. I think something that worship has turned into, and I, I talk about this all the time, is how people, they'll get offended if the worship band is not to their liking and they're like, Oh, I can't go and receive, uh, mm-hmm. I can't receive from the Bible study because the worship, it, it's, it's not what I want to hear. And then I have to remind them, well, the worship isn't for you mm-hmm. but it's for the Lord. So we are responding to God's goodness. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Now the, the audio is kind of crackling up right now it's kind of it's like on your end okay that's good good to know Um, so with all this being said um maybe there's uh, somebody out there right now who's listening right now who wants to take a a step into um worship ministry maybe they they feel they have something of of a talent um Mm. and they're fearful right now What would you encourage them in? Uh, let's see. I would encourage them first to, well, number one, pray. I think prayer is really essential in seeking your calling. Um the Lord will reveal himself through reading the word. And three, being proactive in seeing what the Lord wants to do. Um, honestly, in my life, that was something. I've always been more of a person, and it's only been recently that I've been more, quote-unquote, adventurous but I was always a shy person growing up. I mean, as a kid, I was the quiet dude. Like I just did what I was told. Um, And if I ever got out of line, if I ever opened up my mouth when I shouldn't have, like I got in trouble. And so you think like I would have learned, but (laughs) like, yeah. And for me, I always thought things were gonna come to me. And the Lord was just gonna, if you wanted it to happen, it would happen that I didn't have to be proactive in taking a step of faith and doing it. But as I only took very few steps of faith, like choir, doing choir at such a young age was a step of faith and I did it. Um, Like being a worship team, like taking that leap and doing it, like that was a step of faith, but I did it. Um, Even now going back to school and majoring in music again, that was a step of faith and I just went for it. Um, And I'm loving it now, but uh being proactive in in that trying to seek out what what the lord's direction is for your life if it is for being a worship leader then you know start taking guitar lessons start taking voice lessons start developing that that craft and desire yourself to learn these things i have a few students right now who their moms have told me they want to be a worship leader they eventually want to do something like that and so I give them little nuggets here and there. Like when you play guitar, you should play like this, but never play like that. 
If you finger pick, you should play like this, but never play like that. If you're singing, you should maybe sing like this, you know, but not necessarily like that. So those different things, you know, be proactive in, in doing that. And I, if there's one thing that, that's, I shouldn't say this, whoever's listening out there knows that I love you with all my heart. But if there's one thing that is, that kind of irks me a little bit is that people don't take the initiative to want to learn more. You know, it, I, I wanted to, when I got out of high school, I wanted to take voice lessons in the worst way that the first class I enrolled in in Mount Sac was a voice class. Mm. And I, I, I wanted to be that way, you know, um, doing, doing different stuff like that. You know, ultimately like when I led worship for the time that I did, like there was a great period where I was just leading and I, I would lead and lead and lead and, and sing and play. And I thought this is all I know to do, but it's only been in recent, in recent years, I'll say years, that I was proactive and I wanted to actually go back to school and begin to major in music and want to develop what I'm doing and utilize basic techniques for learning classical singing and apply that to worship leading. And I can't tell you how much of a blessing it's been on my life to be able to do that now. Um, and I've poured it into a lot of not only my students, but the singers that I have singing with me now. Like I say, try to sing better, develop it, play better, develop your craft. You know, you'll, you'll never know what God brings your way. And that's something that I've been trying to instill in the youth now. Like, hey, you can be better at this, mm -hmm. but you have to be willing to, to want to learn it and put the time in to learn it. So those three things I would say is definitely pray. Let the Lord tell you in prayer if this is what you're called to do, because he will reveal it to you. And secondly, the word. He'll reveal it to you in the word. And thirdly, be proactive in wanting to develop whatever craft you want to develop. If you want to learn to play the violin or the piano, take lessons for it. You'll find a lot of good resources out there to be able to do that. Yeah. And what you're saying with uh, the whole idea of, of getting better, I think that's something that we... Because you, you've probably heard people say, well, it's just about the heart, you know? And which, yes, oh, it is yes. about the heart. <laughs> I've heard <all> that. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but and there's you, nothing wrong with it being about the heart. No, it should be about the heart. It should definitely be about the heart. I would never discount that for anything. And anyone out there listening, no, it should always be about the heart. Yeah. But there, there is this, the, uh, sorry, I can't talk. At the same time, there we go. At the same time, it's also about having skill. Yes. Having to be able to have that skill to give to the people. Mm. Yeah. And I, that's right out of the Bible too. It says, it is. That they said, seek when they were seeking for somebody to play for King Saul, they said, seek <clears throat> skillful. And they found David who yes. was skillful exactly. at playing the harp. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, one of the biggest and hardest lessons, not hardest, but one of the big uh, lessons as a worship leader for myself, I got to, do worship with my best friend, our, our mutual good friend, Nick Hernandez. Oh, I love Nick so much. Love and, that guy so much. He was such a blessing, still is. Yes. And Nicholas Hernandez, one of the, the, the biggest impressions that uh, I got from him was, I remember doing worship with, with him in the band and he would lead us. And there would be times when as, as a band, theoretically, musically, we, we kind of weren't, together we messed up 
in some like kind of the silly ways. And it's just kind of like, ah, oh. and I remember he would kind of go through this uh, emotion where he felt like he failed. And then we as a group felt like, man, like we're, we're right here also failing. And we felt like, gosh, I used to think like, man, he, he's kind of hard on us. He's being hard on us. And I used to think like, why is he being so hard? It's about the heart. And I never stopped to think why Nick was feeling the way he felt, which was the reason why he felt the way he felt is he was grieved that something was distracting people mm-hmm. from God during the worship service, mm-hmm. which would have been us hitting the wrong notes or something else. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest lessons was I realized like, wow, okay, there is a point to being skillful at leading people in worship, whether it be on a guitar, vocally, because you want to keep the focus God. You want to keep the focus Jesus. And if people are more focused on you or somebody who's showboating or cracking their voice or whatever it is, uh, they're going to be focused on that. And that's not to take away from, we do allow room for growth. And that's one of the big things that I was, I think, seeing, and, and I know you've seen it, is when you're working with the youth, you have to be gracious and you have to allow room for people to grow. Um, what's hilarious is uh, there's, I, I, I mean, I've seen um, people following like the worship meme fails <laughs> um, where it, it'll show like the worst, one, one of my biggest fails on stage in front of, it was a W Live Friday night. And it was the song, um, you give life your love. Um, it's your breath. Oh, our Lord, yeah. Lord. Um, so the second verse, mm-hmm. it's um, you give hope, you restore. And I said, you restore first. So I'm singing, you restore. And then I realized like, oh, I switched them. So my brain for the next verse, I was going to say, okay, you give hope or, or do I say you restore again? And I crossed some wires in my brain. And the next, the only thing that came out was, you give whore. And then I was like, oh, and the oh first verse was just like, oh. <laughs> and I felt like, oh my gosh. And that was one of the biggest mistakes oh that, I, that I've ever made as a, as a musician right there in front of everyone to see. And I, I was like, well, hopefully they didn't hear it. Hopefully. <laughs> and the first thing, one of the, the tech guys comes up after me. He's like, you know, you told, just told the church <laughs> to like, that's what God gives. And I was like, oh. And uh, yeah, so that was one of the, the flops. I don't know if you've had any other like crazy. Oh, right? have I? <laughs> I've had quite a bit. And yeah, that's one yeah. of the other things too, is that you can't, you, you can never discount the fact that you're not going to have those times. Yeah. You're going to have those times. And when you have it, you just accepted it. When I first started, it used to get, I used to feel this big. Mm. And I remember walking off stage one time where it did happen. And I remember just feeling like everybody hates me. Everybody saw this. This is, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be leaving worship again because everybody, oh yeah. Dude, I missed I remember um, one of the stories, the infamous stories that that gets that not a whole lot of people know about this. So I'm gonna throw this out of the bag. Uh-oh. It was a Wednesday night, and I sang alto. This was when Willie Morales was leading worship, and I was under him. And I remember I was playing guitar and singing, and I sang the the alto call song, and it was uh, "Surrender." And I surrender all to you, all to you. That one. 
And um, I was singing, and I knew the song back in my head, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, the words were in front, and I, I just, I always close my eyes. I always close my eyes and sing. And I was singing, I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. I lay it all down for the sake of you, my king. And I went, I'm giving you my dreams. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. And I think, I think I must have done that for the rest of the verse. <laughs> and then I sang, and I surrender all to you. <laughs> and I remember Raul was giving the altar call song, and, or the altar call. And there was people that came up, okay? Uh-huh. And one did of the you, girls... Did you know that that's what you did? Did you not consciously know you were just... I, I, no, I, the, the words just escaped my head. The oh, words wow. just escaped my head. <laughs> and I sang it like that live. It's got to be somewhere at the church. I don't even uh-huh. they, they may not even have it anymore. It's been so long when that happened. But <laughs> I'll never forget Willie. <laughs> After we finished the last song. And Willie just looked at me and goes, what the heck, man? <laughs> and I, all he had to do live was look at me and all he was like, all he had to do was and i felt like this big yeah and one of the girls that that was singing with us at the end she 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 told me she goes she goes sammy i think i think it, you know people at least people came up a lot of people came up when you when we to accept the lord when you sang that song because you sang it wrong but it felt sorry for you so Thank the Lord for that. At least the Lord used that to get people to come to him. <laughs> I remember uh, thinking, uh, that was always one of the stories. And that's out in the open. I never really, not a whole lot of people know that story. I've told it to a few people, but not a whole lot. Oh, man. And it's good that, thank the Lord, he could work through our mistakes. Right. Uh, and, there's, and there's more where that came from, trust me. But I, that's one of many mistakes that I made. But hey, you know, we're human. I mean, we're bound to mess up a lot. I've messed up on the guitar. I play, I've been like that worship, worship fails uh, meme where you see the person playing the wrong, the wrong capo. That's mm-hmm. happened once or twice to me. And it's like, okay. And I've been like, all right, we're going to stop that. We're going to play it right. And I, I've accepted it, mm. you know, but yeah. Yeah. And maybe we could end up, uh, I'll ask you this one last question as we uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Um, in life, we're going to mistake. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. And how do you, as a leader, recover? How do you um, just allow yourself to keep going in life? You talk about mistakes as a whole. Well, you could narrow it down to worship. You could also bring it as a as a whole. Okay, I'll start with worship first. Um, as is the saying in music as a whole, the show must go on. Um, We apply that to worship daily. And if you ever watch those worship fails memes on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, wherever, you see that they keep going. They don't necessarily stop or say, some do, but from what I've observed, most don't. So the idea of the show must go on really takes precedence there you have to keep going um you're bound to make mistakes you get yourself up and you dust yourself off and you keep and you move on to the next part um happened has happened in my in my life many many times probably will continue to happen you keep going there in life 
I have made quite a few mistakes. We're all sinful. I know I'm, when Paul says I'm the chief of sinners, um, I think we can all say within ourselves, I'm the chief of sinners, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, we, we will raise our hands up. You know, I've made many, many, many mistakes, many, 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 many failures in my life. Um, personally and spiritually. What I've seen is God's hand and his faithfulness. And that's the hope we have as believers. We have God's faithfulness and God's grace in our lives. Um, a very, very interesting situation that happened in my life personally, which I won't get into today, but I, I it, 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 there was a song that came out recently, God, I Look to You. And that song to me, among others actually, was a song that ministered to me in my own life. I can remember being in the car, not that long ago, actually, and ha sitting in my car. And it was, it, was a, it was a version of a guy by the name of John Ward, and he released it on Apple Music. And I downloaded it. And that was actually the first time I'd heard that song. I didn't hear the original until after that. I had heard that acoustic version. And I remember I heard that acoustic version bald like a baby i was in the it was it was at night i was sitting out in front of my parents house before i was going to go in and i bawled like a baby because i had been through an experience in my life where the lord was really teaching me and i had gone through something that i didn't think i could ever go through and i did um my own mistakes my own fault but the lord was showing me there like look to me now don't look to ministry. Don't look to other people. Don't look to certain circumstances. Because at that point in time, I had, I had been, I, I had been in what you would call what most people say is burnout. In a sense, it was a small burnout in my life, where I had to really like come clean before the Lord, and recognize my mistakes and recognize my failure. And it was the way of the Lord bringing me back to himself. And, and, I, and that song ministered to me. And I'll never forget that when I did it, when I did it for worship, um, a couple months after that, after that time, I had done it. And uh, it brought me back to that place. And now every time I sing it, I think of that place. And I think of that time, like, Lord, you can, you can, bring out failure. You can bring us out up out of failure. You can bring us up from the pit. And it, and it didn't occur to me that that could happen, but it did. And then interestingly enough, the Lord was bringing back to my remembrance how when I was, a, when I was coming up in ministry, I used to always complain. <laughs> I used, no, not, not complain. I, well, I guess I would complain. I used to complain a lot because when I had met, um, one of the pastors at Golden Springs, Sean McKeon, and I heard his testimony. I remember saying to myself, like, Lord, I don't have a testimony. I'm just a church kid. I always grew up in church. I played worship. Like, my life, I didn't have this dramatic conversion, you know. I accepted the Lord in a Bible study. And I remember I used to always say, like, what do I have to offer? That's why I always thought I would never get asked to be interviewed because I didn't have much to say. You know, I was just, I did worship. I was a church kid growing up. That's my life. 
little did I know, years and years later, the many things God would bring me to and bring me through that now I can honestly say, hey, I've gone through this and I've gone through all these experiences leading up to today. You know. Wow. April, you know, April of 2020, amidst the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. And the Lord would bring me up to this part and say, look how far he's brought you. And look, how, look where you are at. Now you need to keep going. So what I would say is the Lord can bring you out of those situations. He is a God of the impossible, and we should never doubt him. The problem with us as mere human beings is that we, tend, we, we do doubt him. Not we tend to doubt him, we do doubt him. Mm. Um, I, I think where the rubber meets the road, that, that's where it boils down to. And when we can recognize that and be like, Lord, forgive me for doubting you. I have to pray and ask the Lord to forgive me for doubting him every single day. Because there isn't a day goes by that I, I'm, I'm that where sometimes my faith is a little lacking, especially in these times, mm-hmm. you know, all of our faith is a little uncertain, right? And this is where we need to sing, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give me vision to see things like you do. Give me wisdom because you know just what to do. I have no idea what to do. None of us know what to do. We're living each day as it comes right so the more we recognize that and the more we we realize that need in our lives i think we can have that that we can grasp that understanding of what it is to know god in that way and to come to him in that way so wow that's awesome uh, you know what i i know i said that was the last question but i just no, sure it's okay, dude. <laughs> being that uh we are still totally. live i have one more question yeah. uh, What's next then? Uh, with are you? Do you have plans? Uh, something you could take back once this COVID nineteen is all over? Um, do you have any uh, ideas of, of something that might change, or just maybe plans in general of uh, something coming up in your life? Right now, dude. Um, I think for me, first and foremost, is to finish school. Um, after the experience I had in my life, I, I had to reevaluate things. So I did, um, I took a step of faith, like I had mentioned earlier in the, cat, in the podcast, that I decided to go back to school for music. And I said, you know what, this is going to help me with my, with my worship leading. I need to get something accomplished in my life. I'm in Bible school right now, and I've been taking Bible school for years, but I've always been in school that, in college, that one that semester kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a smart dude. So I, I try to, I try to take it one step at a time and God's blessed ultimately for that. So I, I went back to college. I'm in college right now, community college as a music major, voice major, and I'm hoping to transfer to, four year, to a four-year university, one of the Cal States. We'll see. That's one of, that's one of my goals. Um, still, still to lead worship at Golden Springs. Love Golden Springs is on my heart. It's been my home church for as long as I can remember. I love it all um, a lot of my very closest and dear friends, best friends are there. And, um, um, and we'll, we'll just see. I'm open at this point now to whatever the Lord wants to do. If he would have me a desire to come back on staff, I would love it. Um, but, you know, I'm open to, to doing whatever. Um, right now I'm teaching, and teaching has been the joy of my life, honestly, next to Jesus and next to music. Um, 
I, I love being able to, to pour into kids. You know, teaching for WM Music has been a really great blessing. Um, bits and challenges, I've had a lot of students come on and come off, but I've had a steady group of students right now, and God has been doing a, a work in them. Some saved, some not saved. Um, I have a few kids that are with different religions, some that don't believe in God at all. And um, I've been praying for them. Mm. Honestly, if there's a big takeaway I have is to, is to help me to have to, to help me to be able to learn what I've, to apply what I've learned in being under Pastor Roland Dale and the leadership there and apply it now. Um, one of the things that the Lord really impressed upon my heart when I went back to school was to pray for the lost. Because in being around secular people, I've never heard so much cursing and so much like swearing in the name of the Lord in all of my years. Mm. I was in a culture shock at first, but I'd always been taught in the word that you pray for people and you be that light. And I have to honestly say that it's been, I've had a, few, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, but I've always said, Lord, help me to be that example of your love. Don't help me to be preachy because pre being preachy will turn somebody off from Jesus. And I, I can honestly say, dude, that I've had more people ask me about the Lord and why are you so happy all the time? Like Sam's, oh, Sam's really nice. Like, and they always like, I always engage in their conversations, you know, grant some of them are a little, but I've had to learn to step away. But that's what God has shown me. Like be that example of love. You know, be the example of who I am to this outside world. Do what you've been taught. And if there's one thing that I've seen, I'm so I don't mean to be long-winded, dude. I'm oh, sorry. You're good. Take but I but I if there's one thing that I've seen with the church is that being and I've had this conversation with with another girl that goes to the same school as me, and we both kind of agree with that. Being in the church in the four walls has really hindered people from going out into the world and, and sharing. What do, what do we learn in the Great Commission? Mm. What did Jesus say? Right. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. Amen. Okay. Our nation may be just here in SoCal, and we need to be that example. I mean, yes, we don't say, you know, repent or burn, like John the Baptist. I mean, though, we kind of want to say that sometimes. Yep. But... Ours is to be that example of God's love to people and to share with them, hey, Jesus loves you, man. Jesus loves you. Like, he died on the cross for you. Like, he don't, you know, God, God, God is good. We may not understand certain things, but he does. And that's honestly what I've told people. Like, when they've asked me, like, why, why does God allow these things to happen to him? I'm like, you know what, dude? I don't know. Nobody knows. But God's in control. And all we can do is be submissive. And I tell you, when I've said that to people, they've been like, wow. Mm. And I've never seen that. In all the years that I grew up in the church, we all have come to, we're all Christians and we all are Christ-like. But to be out into the world, in the world, and be that example to, to you know, those that don't know Christ is probably one of the most humbling things, but the most rewarding things. It, it, it is tough. I won't deny that. It's very tough. But if we can learn to stick our ground, stick to our ground, and be that light that God's called us to be, like, God will never fail us. And we're going to have hard times. We're going to have people probably getting in our face and, and talking down on us. But you know what? That's when you come back to what you know in the Word, and you come back to the Lord. 
Mm. Say, no, God, I look to you. I don't look to man, but I look to you. And that's honestly been one of the most rewarding things in my life. And just honestly, dude, just being open, um, being open to, to whatever that the spirit has right now. I've been leading the people in worship and I will continue to do that till the day I die. I say that now. I will continue to do that until the day I die. I do not want to stop leading, to ever stop leading. I want to continue doing that. I want to continue the gifts God has given me personally and to impart them into others, mm. you know, um, and to impart them to other people that, you know, need that, need that encouragement. Like it, it's been a blessing to be able to do that with the youth when I can. Um, and when I've been able to, you know, the worship leader, there now Aaron Reyes has been such a blessing in my life. And like, I've been able to help him out and to come alongside with him. Just like, remember you and I did that. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the joys of doing it with Nick Hernandez, Nicholas Hernandez, like being able to see like how the Lord was using him when he was involved. Like, I mean, God just did a work in his life and in your life. And like, he's still doing that. And I, that's what I feel like God's called me to do. And I will continue to do that until my dying day. And I pray even on my deathbed that I'm doing that, you know? So, um, and I've, I have this, the Lord's given me also a desire to grow in my craft. I, again, myself started taking guitar lessons um, because I want to get better, you know, at it. Um, I've done voice lessons in school. Uh, my voice teacher has been absolutely amazing. Um, she is a classical uh, uh, a classical singer. She sings opera. She, sings in, she had sang in the LA opera before. Uh, but she's part of what we do for our school time. And so I've, I, I've learned a lot of great technique stuff that I know I mess up on every single day, trust me. But I, I tell myself, nope, I got to be humble. I got to know that I'm a failure and I need to keep going with this. I can always develop more. Mm. And so that's what I'm striving to do. So in a very round, I know it was a big answer, but yeah, that's my, those like are my goals. Yeah. Real quick, why don't you plug, uh, if somebody wants to take a worship lesson from you, where could they do that? How do they do that? Sure. Um, if you go to wmmusiclessons.com, uh, I believe if you, if those of you who guys are tech savvy, you guys will know how to pull that up. But it's w, wmmusiclessons.com. You can Google it or type in www.wmmusiclessons.com and you can find information there. Um, you can also, you can also reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I'm on all the social media platforms at Sammy Acevis. Um, you can reach me there. Um, if you want to schedule with me personally, just hit Willie up and say, hey, I'd like to take lessons with Sammy or Sam. I go by either one of those. Um, and then Willie can hit me up there and then we kind of go through that whole thing. And, or if you want to contact me personally for a lesson, you can reach out to me there. Awesome. Cool. Well, Sammy, such an awesome time. I'm so glad you were. I, I wish we could have met it in person right now, but I understand. I know. <laughs> Nobody, uh, we want to keep people safe. We want to so stay yes. at home listeners. And um, you know what, Sammy? Thank you so much. I love you. I just want you to know you've been a huge impact on my own life, my walk, my worship, and just growing as, um, as a believer. So I do want to end with just praying for you, Sam, and praying for uh, the, the listeners. All right. Love pray. you too, bro. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate that, bro. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to get together with my brother. I pray that you would just continue to have your Holy Spirit empower Sammy 
have your Holy Spirit just give him the words, Father, the wisdom, the discernment, Lord God, to lead others to worship you, not only in song, Lord God, but in their life. I pray, Father, that you would continue to mold and shape his heart, Lord God, continue to bring people alongside him who are going to help him in his ministry, continue to keep him humble, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would continue to work in your church now, Lord God. We do pray for Golden Springs. We pray for those listening, Father, the other churches out there who are going through this trial. I pray, Father, that you would protect us and just may we grow stronger in this season. We love you, Father. We thank you for what your son Jesus did on the cross for us. I pray for a blessed Easter tomorrow for all the churches out there. And Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for giving us a new life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, and just a plug for Golden Springs. You know, join us Join us on Sunday morning. We'll be 6, 6 a.m., 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 12 p.m. So we invite you guys to watch online. Those of you watching at other, you know, Calvary chapels, everybody's doing such a great work. I've been seeing a lot of what people have been doing online. Um, it's been amazing. You know, Chino Hills, uh, Harvest Christian Fellowship, San Juan Capistrano, all these churches have just been really pouring. And I, I, I commend the pastors, man. They're doing such a fantastic job. I mean, you, you know, um, Redeemed Christian Fellowship. I mean, you guys have, you guys have been just really pouring into, into the body. So just keep it up, man. The, the Lord, the Lord be praised. Definitely, the Lord be praised. Thank you for the encouragement, Sam. We love you. I'm gonna let you go, man. And uh, have a yeah, blessed dude. Easter. All right. I'm praying for you, man. Have a blessed Easter, my bro. Take it easy. God bless. Yeah. Right, God bless. Bye bye.